Any views or opinions expressed in interviews are those of the individuals speaking and do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of the Ham Palace, its parent, or any of its affiliates or employees. Yes, this is Vilna Hirzog. Today I come across these series of tapes left behind by this flailing madman, Hambo. This man is、uh, apparently traveled from Los Angeles to、uh, New York in an effort to flee.、Uh, Extreme、uh, hard times, as they say. Nothing is known of this man's whereabouts, and、uh, what is found are these tapes, which I was taught to play for you. Some of these ramblings I find to be much like the jungle, vile and base. So we're here with、uh, an associate, an associate of mine.、Uh, I, I I've become fascinated with the last few weeks. I've been traveling around here, in the silly city, Burbank, California. Home of、uh, Warner Brothers. I've come across a strange man, a man who lives life by his own set of rules. Goes by the name of、uh, Salty Ron. Salty Ron here、uh, has uh, kind of、uh, taken the liberty to、uh, move into his vehicle, if you will.、Um, he has kind of a a van. Here and、uh, parks around town to save、uh, money on on the rent,、uh, so on, on the months he isn't able to pay the rent, he he moves in and uh, he uh, shacks up in the back of his car, and、uh, he he goes out and he goes on and he hunts、uh, up in the mountains,、uh, San Fernando Mountains, and.、Uh, I wanted to kind of interview him, see how he does it. How、uh, actually one is able to a live in his car, and b、um, how to maintain any kind of、uh, dignity and hope by living in the car, or if he has abandoned this hope.、Uh, I think we'll find this out today. So here we are, salty, salty. I know you're anxious to get started. Oh yeah, yeah, salty Ron is ready to get started, boy. Yeah. Well,、um, my first question to you, Salty, is、uh, why did you do it? Why did you do it? Well, Salty, yeah, you got the、uh, financial woes, financial problems, you know, and、uh, decided to、uh, do a little.、Uh, 
with research, if you will, on the old uh, computer about living in the old vehicle. Decided it wasn't that difficult to get some water. And then the man guys, the water, the man's got just about the whole deal, you know, you got it all. I suppose it's, that's true, it's important. I don't know if you have it all, but you actually have what you, a major part of survival. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what it is. I used to use the bottles to wash out my teeth, boy. Fluoride. Use that fluoride. Brush it. Brush them, brush them. And then I spit it out in the spittoon. Make sure to empty that spittoon once a week. Interesting, interesting. So that's how you keep up your uh, amazing uh, yellow teeth there. They're uh, salty. mustard packets I collected. Got the mustard all over my mouth. I love it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So what, how do you eat? How do you eat? Well, I, I gotta get myself a propane tank. Coleman's propane tank and I get a pan, boy. I cook that chicken on there. Real nice chicken. Cook it. Cook it. You cook it inside the car? Well, uh, yeah, sometimes I cook it in the car. Sometimes you gotta be stealthy about this shit, you know. You gotta, you gotta sometimes go out to the park, you know, and grill some, some things up. You, know, you grill it one at a time in the pan, and you grill it in advance. You put them in the baggies, and you put them in the fridge. Cooler. Important to have that cooler with the ice, you know. Especially when you, when you get low on the squirrel, you gotta keep it cold. Squirrel. Okay. You didn't tell me this. Why squirrel? That's <laughs> a good old salt. That's a good question. The good old salt is salty like the like the chase, like the thrill of the hunt. So what uh, salty do? He gets out the old bow and arrow. He go after that squirrel and uh, the old pencil and arrow. He goes after that squirrel. Gets that old pencil all back there, nice and tight. Shoot. <laughs> Light goes right into that squirrel's ass, you know. I mean, easy to put it all over the fire that way. No escape from old salty squirrely. That what I got my old eye patch on and I You put an eye patch on? Yeah, I put an eye patch because I'm too wise, too, too, too disoriented, and I'm chasing the squirrel. I need to have a one focus, one eye focus on that, like a heat-seeking missile. Hmm, okay, okay. I, uh, seems you'd do better with two, but uh, whatever gets you there, Salty, I mean... Whatever gets me fed, get squirrely going on that pencil. Grinning over that fire and uh, keep something cooler for later. That's all salty round, does it? And, uh, so, what do you do? How do you go to the bathroom? Oh, that's a, that's a whole trick. It's old trick. Well, use the, use the Jones around town. And, you know, uh, you drive 
keep your old piss bag ready. Oh, you don't tell me you put in a bag. You don't tell not a bag. Well, not a not not a bag, but I use a you know, a container of sorts. Yellow container. Sploosh it down that toilet when it's ready. And then uh So what do you do when you have to, you know, do number two? Oh, you don't wanna know about that. You don't know about number two, uh, you know, you get a, you get a gallon and you get a bag, you put that bag, you wrap that up bag nice, you put it in a you put that bag in a garbage. Ugh, so it's kinda of shits in the garbage, someone smells it, they walk by. Yeah well, you know, such is life, you know. It's someone else's job to clean up that shit. Salty, you live life on the edge. How, how you, how you, you know, what are you doing for work? Now, you know, I take jobs. Sometimes I do uh, extra work here and there on a talk show and uh, TV shows, extra work around town. You know, we in Hollywood, so they pay you cash. That's how I get around and eat the food and survive, you know. Hmm. Well, Salty, you still have time for, uh, you know, the bar scene, or what do you do for fun? Oh, yeah, I go to the bar scene. I go to the bar scene, try to get those ladies come into the car, you know. Try to get them to come in, and then I can stay outside that bar, and I wait for them. Just when they walk out, I got a special Salty surprise for them. Whoa, Salty, what's that... We don't need to know what, where you're going here. I got my, I give my surprise, and I go, Hey, would you like, would you like a little, <laughs> would you like, would you like a little, <laughs> oh, saltine cracker. Oh, salty. Yeah. <clears throat> saltine cracker for your tomato soup and your chicken noodle. And they say, yeah, we want that cracker, boy. Now, where can we get more crackers? I can hear me go show you. So I go over to the car, you know. And I get uh, close to the car, you know. Uh, yeah, you don't need to tell me much more. Oh, yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. Ah, it's the best part. I open that up. No, Salty. Salty, come on. I open up that uh, page two of the... Of the newspaper, yeah, and they show it, uh, show it, uh, the Ralph's grocery store, and you get a good sale, two for one, cracker box, for about two dollars, wow, that's, that's a good deal, I, I'm gonna get some saltines right now, yeah, and then she gets, oh, salty, you got the deals, I go, yeah, we go tomorrow, I'll get you those,
comes out, I squeeze them titties hard, boy. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> that was enough of salty. Uh, salty, we, salty, we gotta go. Uh, I gotta go. Um, thank you so much. We gotta move on next set. We gotta move on to the next segment, okay? Uh, I'm sorry I can follow up more on that. Interesting. Uh, uh, topic, but uh, we're moving on. We're moving on. Well, uh, I'm on the road here. I'm uh, driving on up after Christmas and the old uh, Ham Express here. And uh, I had to say it was a pretty decent Christmas. I didn't get a chance to go home to Detroit. Didn't have a, didn't have uh, the proper funds for that. But I went home to second home in El Centro. El Centro is a small little desert town, just north of the border of Mexico, in California. Very few people know about it. Spent the New Year's there, and. Uh, I gotta say, I, <clears throat> I gotta say, this year, this being a year-ender podcast as well as a Christmas podcast, I want to say, uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. I also want to say, uh, kind of go over some of my career and show business here, the the good things as well as the bad. And let's take a look at 2011. Boy, what did Hambo do? Hambo went out there. He went out on stage twice. Let's see, first time he went out on stage at a comedy club called Ha Ha's. Ha Ha's in North Hollywood. And all the great comedians have been there. Andy Kaufman. George Carlin, Andrew Dice Clay, um, a small, small uh, comedy club. I went up there with probably five jokes that I rehearsed the last two days. <laughs> Notice I said last two days. Um, I wrote them, I performed them for my roommate, and uh, they didn't laugh at mo probably most of them, but I felt confident in the jokes. And it, prior to prior to me going up on stage, I performed at coffee houses, uh, mainly uh, Amazal and El Centro, and performed my various impersonations and and jokes. Um, I went up there with some new ones, some new jokes. And uh, ended with a little uh, bit of uh, the old musclehead skit, but uh, I didn't want to rely on that too much as my bread and butter. I wanted to rely more on the new jokes. So I went up there with my big three, and uh, I got a few chuckles. A few chuckles, not big hilarity jokes, not 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 big hilarious jokes. Um, halfway through a joke. I stopped and I forgot what the next joke was. And 
and uh, or I forgot what the rest of the joke was, and that was an eternity, that brief pause for about 10 seconds felt like three minutes silence as everyone was just waiting for me to say my next line. It wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. Um, the spotlight's dead on my face. I felt blinded. In a way, it was good because I couldn't see as much of the audience <laughs> that way. So I didn't feel like I had all, as many faces looking at me. But there was a lot of silence. And, uh, but there I got a few chuckles. Um, did some push-ups at the beginning of it. Some jumping jacks. Just to get the old the old garage up, okay? And, um, yeah, so the next thing I did, the next comedy club I did was uh, a few months down the road. It was probably five, four months afterwards. I'm willing to say six. And uh, I was able to get into the amateur hour at comedy store on Sunset. Now, on Sunset Boulevard, this was one of the major comedy clubs next to the Laugh Factory. I believe Pauly Shore owns the comedy store or his mother or something like that. And uh, I remember seeing this on TV and thinking, wow, that's just, that might as well be in another planet. I'm never going to be there. Here I am performing at it, and the way I got in was unbelievable. Good little story there. Because of my haha, because of my haha experience, I was able to come up with some decent jokes. Well, I thought they were decent, <laughs> but uh, uh, the person that put me on stage and Abel was able to get me on said, "Hey, let's. Why don't you try?" to bring some people to the the comedy store, the belly room, okay? So the belly room is like one of the other rooms within the club. But it's one of the main ones. And so I dressed up in a very 90s-esque jacket. I believe the color was burgundy. And my candy cane striped tie, white and red, and a blue shirt to contrast that. And I uh, went up there and went to proceed to knock them dead with a lot more confidence. I had rehearsed the jokes many times. And uh, I gotta be honest, there was probably about 20 people there. Halfway through my performance, there was about 10. The people weren't there, and the people weren't having it. They weren't having it. Perhaps it was the first 30 seconds of me uh, uh, miming, my, uh, miming masturbation that threw them off. Maybe I just went too far there. First 30 seconds were just, I blew my comedic wad, as they say. And, uh, but you know, I kept on going. I kept on going with the jokes, the various people I met in my life in Michigan, and, uh, and the punchlines weren't—they weren't—they weren't punchy enough. They really weren't. And so, uh, 
they weren't having it, but uh, the friends I invited there, um, about, I'd say, four people showed up, and uh, I was able to, uh, I don't know, chat with my other fellow comedians after the show and with uh, one of the owners uh, of the place. And so anyway, let me go back to the beginning. Outside of the club, I was dressed up, and I saw the guy was looking at the list, the owner, and I said, hey, I should be on that list, such and such, said, I'll be on that list. He's like, oh, I'm not seeing it here. I'm not seeing your name here. And, uh, I don't see your name here, Hambo. I go, well, it should be on there. I just be, goes, I tell you what, I love that tie. I'll get you on somehow. And it was all gravy train from there. Now, that being said, I almost didn't get on stage because after inviting everyone there, I almost wasn't able to get on. However, however, I did. And that is a success story. Here we are. Sun, uh, on Sunset, Los Angeles, outside of comedy, one of the most famous comedy clubs in the city, if not the nation, where all these top-notch comedians, again, Andy Kaufman, Rodney Dangerfield, uh, Andrew Dice Clay, everybody who's everybody in comedy, who's anybody in comedy, Richard Pryor, Harry Seinfeld. Hey, even if it's amateur night, I'm sharing the same stage where they were. That is amazing. That is amazing. I went on there with the hammy, uh, old broken glasses. But I felt so confident that night. Even though my jokes weren't hitting, hitting I went straight on through. And, uh, it was bad. And then when, uh, when the last comedian went up, and uh, got some laughs. The owner came up, and uh, actually the owner came up right after me, and he said, uh, so uh, so that happened. So that showed a lot of confidence in the owner of my greatness that night. Um, am I gonna do more stand-up? Sure. Is it happening right now? Hell no. <laughs> Hell no. It's been a very tough year for my finances, staying afloat in order to keep the creativeness open, to keep doing the jokes. That has been difficult. That has been difficult. I had to prioritize my things and put the creative stuff on the back burner, unfortunately. Try to find other work to support the studio, support Lightning Productions, support the Ham Palace. It's not been easy. It's not been an easy year for Hambo. But here I am, still here. And even if uh, the Ham Palace, Lightning Productions, has to move out of 
state for a bit, and that's what it has to do to relocate to survive. And that's what it's going to do. It, it may look like it's running away, but it will live to fight another day. And uh, we're uh, we're also um, getting rid of our studio. We're, we're kind of a uh, what's the word? Light, uh, getting rid of uh, some of the load, uh, some of the warehouse boxes, some of the excessive books and uh, music. It's getting getting downsized. We're, we're downsizing over here at the palace and over at Lightning, and we're trying to uh, get it down to the essentials to, to keep keep the show going, stay in the picture, stay flexible stay portable and to stay alive um, has it been an interesting year yes it has has it been more downs than there has been ups yes I, I could say that during this transitional time there's a lot of questions about the future but I do not question my dreams they will continue to be they will continue to be pursued into 2012 until the end of the world in December. Um, a lot of people would give up now and say, just go into something else. Just be a doctor, just be a nurse, just be a lawyer. Not me. I'll never give up. Never, ever will I give up. Even if I have to get an RV to promote the business, to travel, and to do the comedy, stand-up comedy nationwide. That's what I'll do, kids. And even if I stink at all the, at all the, at all the comedy clubs across the nation, I'll do it. But right now, it's a time to recharge, to back up, and to regroup, and to, uh, look at the situation, a new pair of eyes, and to rebuild. This is a time for rebuilding. And to grow, and for growing. And for growing right after that. So stay tuned. This is going to be a short episode. Okay, I'll probably have only one or two guests on it today. Stay tuned. I have other stories. Other show business stories. Um, uh, I'm going to try to uh, venture venture on the road here. This is my road. All this, this whole podcast is being take is is on the road. It's being recorded on my way back up from El Centro to Burbank, and I'll be still be recording these podcasts on my way back to Michigan or to Wyoming, all the way through or all the way through. Uh, all the way through North Dakota and through Wyoming, through Tennessee, Memphis, Tennessee, to Michigan. Okay? The Ham Palace will survive. It may be a little rough around the edges, but it'll survive. And the adventures that 
I'll be reporting to you will be monumental. Sit back and enjoy the ham. This wraps up uh, part one of uh, these tapes that uh, were found, much like uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls. Much time was spent putting these tapes together in a coherent manner. Uh, as you can see here, there's fairly little comedy to be found. However, we will pick this up again. Uh, in the, in the part two.